Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, a podcast where we talk about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. If you're tuning in to the show for the first time, this is a podcast where we like to discuss Jesus, how to follow him, and what it means to be an authentic Christian in North America today. We like to do that by having conversations that you're probably not going to hear in most other places. We like to talk to Christians who are living authentically and doing it in unique ways in their daily lives. So if you enjoy thinking about your faith or if you've ever felt like Christianity was maybe missing something here in the West, or maybe you're just up for a challenge, I think the uncommon truth is going to be something you'll enjoy. Today we're going to have a conversation just like that with Steve Orsillo. He's the senior pastor at the Father's House Church in Oroville, California, and he's been following Jesus for 44 years. Today we're going to be talking to him a little bit of a theoretical, theological discussion mixed with a pastoral discussion about why is it so hard to stay on fire for Jesus throughout the years and all the things that come at you in life. You know, I really love having Steve on the podcast. What he says might be controversial at times. It it might be a little bit like a slap in the face or a challenge, but it will never not be real. Make sure you stick around for the end of the show where I give you some details about how you can get connected with the podcast. You can uh, send me an email or share the podcast with a friend. I'll have all that information right at the end of the show. But now let's get to our conversation with Steve here on The Uncommon Truth. All right, Steve, welcome back to The Uncommon Truth. It's been a few weeks since you've been on. What's, I know. What's going on with you? I know. Um, you know, we're just firing into this Christmas season, and so it's just um, the best answer to what's going on with you is everything's going right. on with you. you know, it's like everything. all going it's on. It's like family, you know, the recovery from our granddaughter's passing, the, you know, all of the different organizational things that we're involved in with different streams, and mm-hmm. it's just Christmas, man. It's the Christmas season, Thanksgiving season. We just forced our way through the hollow halloween season yeah <laughs> so the one that the controversies anyway yeah. and you know it's just it's that uh, time of year um where so many things are going on but also we're just involved in so many amazing things just the just there's a there's an influence or a res- there's a just a growth in i don't know it's 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 awesome yeah <laughs> it's kind of awe i don't know there's an awe that's occurring around me okay that causes me just to stop and look around like it, it feels like i'm being watched hmm. and i am being watched that's that's a no-brainer in christianity but it feels like i'm being watched and, and not just, not in a bad way no like we are not a, alone that's good but i also am i am also um, under, you know, I am also aware of the um, works of the enemy, just the, the confusion and the uh, philosophical uh, attack against people's souls and hearts. And mm. I just really feel a need to communicate that to the world, that you're being confused. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. Um, if you know what I mean. I think so. It It's kind of like things during this time of year get... A little bit heightened right like everything's just seems 
like it's a little bit bigger of a deal or yeah. it's just feels a little bit more. It's kind of like when a kid's crying, you go, you got to stop crying because we got to get to the next. We got things coming up, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that was wrong. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't got time for you to hurt right now. <laughs> that, I know I you're think, struggling, but can we wait till January like 7th? <laughs> I, I think that happens to me on a uh, probably an hour by hour basis yeah. with three, three little girls yeah. in my house, right? Yeah. Um, my girls started crying yesterday because we left, we purposely left their water bottles at their nursery because they need water bottles when they're there and we don't want to forget to bring them. Yeah. So we left their pretty unicorn water bottles and both of them, two and two and a half, yeah, three and two, both of them started crying. Uh, their poor water bottles were going to be so lonely <laughs> at the, at the yeah. nursery by themselves. And yeah. as a dad, I'm just like, Okay, logic isn't going to help this situation. No, I don't really know what is going to help this situation, but we still got to get in the car, right? We still <laughs> you, you went and got the water bottles. No, no, we still. I was going to say they won. No, no, no <laughs> they didn't win, but we still. I still had to get them in the car somehow, and get home and feed them lunch and put them to bed, and so. I yeah, see. but I, I I am sensitive to that a little bit myself too. This time of year, with um, I just the holidays brings out a lot more. I guess emotion for for good and and for not so good. It does lots right. of memories, lots of them, lots of all the way back to childhood. You have these things. My wife said to her grandkids, our grandkids, "You ever just lay on your back and look up through the Christmas tree?" Oh yeah. And I have to say that as a child, I crawled under the Christmas tree all the time and looked up through it. Yeah. All the time. And I don't really see kids doing that, but I, I have those memories. It just brought back. It took me back to instantly to heart rending moments in my life mm. just a feeling crashing in on me it was amazing anyway so that's the one thing that's taking a, a little bit of getting used to it is our second christmas in california but i just it feels weird that there's no snow you know i guess yeah. it rain it's rained a little bit but i i guess a lot of the world has no snow on christmas and oh, it's yeah. just never being from colorado and uh in Canada, it never really dawned on me that you could have Christmas without snow. I lived in snowy climate for six Christmases, and I can't. I got to tell you, I am so glad there's no snow. <laughs> I can't tell you how wonderful it is to live in a place where there's no snow on Christmas. It's so awesome. There's so much more to do. I don't. I'm not attracted to that. So. I'm the other side of that coin. Well, I, I guess there's a rumor going around that we're going to have some some fake snow coming up at our gift of hope where right. we give they're Christmas a gifts. Snow machine. They bought yeah. a snow machine. They're making a dispenser for it. But, yeah. yeah. I've seen some contraptions, some YouTube videos of what they're trying to make and it looks yeah. pretty cool. And I guess then, then we'll have a happy medium. It'll look like snow. It won't be cold. It won't be slushy and causing car wrecks and everything. Yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I've seen enough Californians move to Colorado and try to drive in snow to know that that's kind of a scary idea. So, yep. We'll keep it in our, our Christmas area for the kids. Yeah, there's nothing good about snow for a carpenter. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop everything, right? Yeah. Well, I don't, or just go out and freeze and get wet. Yeah. In, in the area I was in in northern Washington, the snow falls and then it's always melting. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's snowing every day, the snow from yesterday is melting. Just walking through cold mud. Yeah, it's just mud and drip on your head. You're, you're, you're just dripped on all. Every tree, every building is dripping on you. 
Yeah. There is no path where there are no drips. So if you maybe if you weren't a carpenter, then you would enjoy snow. Maybe I'd share some of your enthusiasm yeah. for snowy Christmases. White Christmas. I just think of the the nitty gritty dirt band where the guys. <laughs> do you know the song? There's nothing like a uh, Christmas in the Colorado snow. He's stuck okay. in L.A. and he hops so, on a flight. I'm no, not going to sing. I do it. not I know that it. song, but I know the nitty gritty okay. dirt band. Yeah, they sing that one. That's my. Yeah, it's, no, it's my favorite Christmas don't song. Don't know it. Anyway, I wanted to have you around today, and I wanted to bridge a, a gap between. We talk a lot about uh, theology and theoretical yes. stuff, like things in the abstract. And uh, sometimes we talk about things personally too, but um, I wanted to bridge that gap on. You, like you're a pastor, you take yeah. care of people. That's I do. that's your calling, and you lead a church, but you also take care of individual people in the church. And so the the thought I wanted to, or the the idea I wanted to talk about today was, what happens when we when people after after years of following Jesus. It's just not there anymore for them. The there's no no intellectual doubts have crept in. There's nothing that they they don't believe. They can agree with everything that you preach and say, but yet it's still that feeling of uh, of I'm going to go out and be on fire and 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 serve the Lord. Just doesn't come naturally. Have you ever experienced that with anybody that you've you've been leading? I've experienced it in terms of people I'm leading going there. Mm -hmm. I've had them have very difficult times connecting passionately with the Lord. Um, I I personally have not. Um, I think it is my opinion, and it's a scary subject to talk about over the air, Mm -hmm. where who's listening could be completely misconstruing things you're saying um, and be offended so easily. But um, I have been gung-ho from the jump. And I think that for some reason, I was connected to some very simple principles. On the night I first prayed and asked Jesus to reveal himself to me, I knew one thing. He was real. That's all I knew. Mm. I still hated Christians, and I really did. Yeah. And I still wanted nothing to do with the Christianity that was in the room behind me that I was running out the door from. Mm-hmm. To 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 the rel- revelation that man, he's real. What do I do? And uh, I stopped, looked at a magnolia tree. I tell the story all the time about this magnolia tree. Realized the world was a different place. I'd never seen a tree look like that. I'd never seen green like that. I'd never felt air like that. And I just knew the world's different. And I asked the Lord at that moment, please let me, let me never forget what it was like a few moments ago mm-hmm. to not know you were real, to just be so confused and wondering why you were so far off and so distant. Yeah. And I have to say that one of the prayers of my life that was answered and is still to this day very much answered is I have never forgot being lost. Being unknowing. I didn't know. I should have known. I just didn't. Yeah. And so I think there are a couple of these crossroads I crossed, and I'd have to say the Lord led me into them. I have to believe he's leading everybody into them. But I actually stopped and said, oh, my gosh, it was a shudder. I don't ever want to forget what that was like. Yeah. That weight on my shoulders was horrible. Now, beyond that, I've had 
earthquake moments throughout my life. I've had things that just completely changed me. And um, I mean, it's less than half a dozen probably. Mm-hmm. No, maybe it is a half a dozen, but you know, that kind of number for 44 years um, that completely changed me that I would have to say those very, those very moments, um, they changed me permanently. And I don't think I would have planned to experience many of them, but they completely changed me. And I have never gone back on any of them because they are true. It's just, if he's real, if the cross is real, if the sacrifice, the whip and post and all that's real, then I do not even have a right to go backwards. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people never really get there, and there's a lot of different things that happen. Girls that have been molested, girls that have been raped, Mm. um, all children that have been adopted are susceptible to um, the abandonment, um, the fog on their heart, of abandonment and rejection that their little baby selves had nothing to do with. Yeah. But every creature, human creature knows they're connected to their mommy. They lived in her belly for nine months and then to be given away, um, has an effect on their little spirit. And there's, so there's different elements like that. Girls that have been raped, all people who have been adopted it doesn't matter how loving and good the new parents are. I mean, it's a it, there's a testament to these parents being fabulous. But again, most people have a ceiling who've had that happen. They have a they kind of clonk 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 on a ceiling of heart stuff. They have mm-hmm. a a fear of love, a fear of connection, a fear of you know of vulnerability, and um, they have to go through some ministry. And so I I, I think that. First, my first answer is these experiences I've had where I made the right choices, the right decisions, um, where I repented and turned away. I had one that I completely fell on my knees in a crowd and just, I repented and I was changed and I've never been the same. And the Father's house is here because of it Mm -hmm. all these years later. And so I think, I hope that's answering your question, but there are, there's probably quite a few different, and I'm not trying to give them all in any way, but I just couple come to mind experience uh things that you didn't do that you didn't cause that weren't your fault happened to you and you grow a hard heart and you can't connect and you can't mm-hmm. get gung-ho yeah and you can't you can't find the traction you're just like a rat running on sand up a hill you just keep sliding back yeah and you just can never seem to get forward you have all the right things you believe you're running for the prize but you just can't get any traction and i think there's a lot of different uh things that happen to us. And here at the Father's House, we practice a thing called inner healing, healing the wounds of the heart. Mm-hmm. And um, I was not a big proponent of that. I was not a big fan of the idea until it happened to me and my heart was healed. And it really made me able to choose correctly, whereas in the past I might not have been able to choose correctly. Yeah. And it, it freed me up to be able to choose the right way. And so I hope I'm answering what you asked. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to ask you because... It seems like I've known you for three years about now, and it seems definitely in these three years, and and from what I can tell from your stories, you tell us all the time, this this is like, it might as well have been yesterday that that you met Jesus, and yeah. and I know there's just so many people who who will put that sort of charisma, um, and they'll say, well, that's that's for 
new believers. Just wait till till he comes back down to earth a little yeah, bit. Wait or, till it wears off. Right. Um, and I remember that for myself. Uh, there's been different times where I've uh, definitely as a a young young like in middle school first became a Christian. I didn't I didn't know it was weird to tell all my friends about Jesus, right? Because right. it just it just like I had that feeling. Like it was it's almost like a compulsion. Well, what else am I supposed to do? Like I know this now. I can't not share it. And, uh, and there are other times when, when I had, I I guess it would be like supernatural peace. Like no, no reason why I should be happy about, uh, being, you know, broken up with single, working at a sandwich shop, having a degree that I wasn't using and owing a lot of money in student loans. Um, but yet I, I was, I was like, turning i was sharing jesus with people leading bible studies just having you know and if you'd ask me like yeah life isn't going great but man life is great and and i just i think that i don't i don't think that's a common experience across lifetime for people for most people in the north american church i just i don't see it and i i think you can speak to that really well being somebody who yeah who hasn't really been held back by that no, I led my life, wife to Jesus back in 1979, May 1st. Married her on July 8th of the same year. And she also, I mean, I've never mm-hmm. backslid. I've never gone back. I've never fallen back an inch. And she hasn't either. Yeah. And we have four children who haven't either. You know, they've all struggled. They've had to go through their struggle to determine if he was their God or my God. Right. But they haven't fallen back. And I... I think it comes down to those decisions and those experiences I went through where I said, hey, this is what you got to choose. Mm-hmm. And then when my children would ask me, I'd say, well, there's really only, I mean, you're arguing about, you're, you're arguing with yourself about whether you're good enough, whether you really hear his voice or not. Is that really him or not? Mm-hmm. And really, the, that's not really the argument. The, the really thing is, is he real? And by being phony or by being unbelieving, are you going to, who are you going to fool? Yeah. He knows. And so um, do you want to please him? Do you want your life to love him? If this is all true, if you come to the conclusion that this is true, this cross story, this God uh, choosing Israel and, you know, the whole thing of Israel, then sending Jesus for the Jews and the Gentiles to be able to be saved and live with him forever, forgive their sins. And then if you choose that's real... What's your response? What should your response be? Do you have a right to grow tired? Do you have a, a should you grow lukewarm? Mm-hmm. Should you lose your first love? And that's really all it is, is you lose your first love. Yeah. And I have not lost my first love because I, de- I think, again, I had experience that determined that love was more than an emotion. Mm. I don't, you know, for God so loved the world became to me, yeah, that he sent his son to die on a cross. That's quite an action of love. Yeah. He didn't just sit in heaven saying, I love you guys. Why aren't you coming to my dinner? Well, I love you mm-hmm. guys. Why aren't you coming to my feast? I'm trying to save you. Why aren't you listening to me? No, he sent his son to die on a cross for people who were yelling, crucify him, for people who were not believing in him. Mm-hmm. And it was an action of great love, and I just, so, my definition of love is action. Yeah. My definition of love is also heart, and also words of affirmation, acts of kindness, but it's it's an action of love. My actions say I love him, so how could I? 
And then when I look at his holiness, I mean, that's another revelation I had. Uh, his holiness. I mean, you just look, you appear at his holiness and you say, oh my gosh. Yeah. I look filthy next to him. How can he use me? And yet he does. You look around and you go, wow, yet he does. I led my wife to the Lord. I led, oh, I mean, I'm leading all these people. They're all saying their lives better than they used to be. He's using me. Mm. I, I don't. Not only don't I deserve it, I'm not sure I know how he does it. Yeah, yeah. So the excitement. He's going to figure this out one day, and he's going to realize shouldn't be using me. But then when he doesn't, there's this excitement. He he knows who I am. He knows me. One day he whispered to me, I see you. Hmm. I have never had a more powerful, powerful experience at the wheel of a car, of a truck. It was a pickup truck when I work in. And he said, um, it, I could feel his ear listening to me. And I just said, you hear me, don't you? And the holiness of God surrounded me. Think about 8 billion people and one God. Yeah. I'm like, how does that work? That's so far above my head. And it was just the revelation was true. No, no, no. This isn't just nice thinking. This is, you hear me, don't you? Hmm. Well, how many times you got to have that experience? I only needed it one time. The same day is like, you see me, don't you? Of all the 8 billion people, you're actually mindful and aware of me. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whoa, baby, that's amazing. And you're mindful of each one of them. And it's like excitement. Hey, can you use me? Can I, I'd volunteer. I'll sit on the bench over here, and if you need anything. And, man, he puts me to work right away. Yeah. And everybody else asks me, are you going to burn out? Are you going to burn out? I go, man, I hope not. You mm. probably slow down. Slow down. I want to go faster. I want to get more assignments. Yeah. I want more. Well, yeah. Not was... less. I don't care about burning out. I, I'm, I'm not going to burn out. In fact, did you know that he said he would empower me? Mm. How could I run out of gas when he's the fuel? It's when he's not the fuel that you run out of gas. Yeah. So anyway, thank you yeah. for saying I'm gung ho. I mean, nice. <laughs> well, I think uh, anybody listening can tell. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, and this really isn't made up for the show either. This is me no. all the time. I mean, if if you ever were to be a uh, if we ever were to have a live audience in this room while we record, Steve walks in, opens his Diet Pepsi so it doesn't uh, so it doesn't we don't hear it on the show and. And then he just lives his life, and we record it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he goes and keeps living his life. Um, I think he he's wearing no shoes right now because his shoes were too muddy. So. Uh, oh yeah, I got stuck in the mud. I thought <laughs> I was gonna have to call and cancel. I was out in the middle of the ninety-one acres. Yeah. So this is this is really just who you are. Yeah. And I, the reason I brought it up is because I think there's so many people that, and I, as you were talking, maybe they, like maybe we've just made wrong wrong choices we've had forks in the road where where we've settled or where we've i uh, can you can you think of any of those sort of decisions where it's like oh i could go further up and farther in or i could just sort of settle and uh can you think of any, any examples of somebody maybe not a real life example but something that might be really easy to look back and be like okay that's 
that's where it didn't didn't happen so it's probably the most frustrating thing i know in all my christian experience i uh thousands of times people start something and it's successful but it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort Mm -hmm. so they claim burnout they claim god changed his mind the season's over and they stop Mm. one time my church went from 109 to nine (laughs) overnight and i was at this meeting where the Pastors of the city, so-called, had called a meeting of all leaders, and I was there. And the and the leader had gotten to know, and the guy they called in and knew me. He said, Steve, what's going on in front of everyone? And I said, well, my church just shrunk to nine people. He said, why? What happened? What's what's the number one thing? This guy's very prophetic and everything, and he I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure you know he was figuring it out. I said, well, the people who came alongside and said, let's go do this, who helped de- design the b- vision— uh, weren't willing to stay the course. Hmm. And I mean, that's just constant. I mean, you start a race with 100 people, you're not going to finish with 100 people. Yeah. And so in Christianity, there are so many different, in my sense, wrong thinking of what Christianity should look like, that if I put in a dime, I get a dollar twenty worth of soda. It's one of those, put in a dime, you get a dollar vending machines. And so they come and they put in a little time and expect to get a, a lot of time they put a little energy expect to get a lot of energy they put in a little money and they expect to get a vending machine of money that all the blessings should flow their way for whatever investment when they find that isn't exactly how it works they tend to fall off Mm. like petals falling off a rose you know they just tend to wilt away and fall off and they wear out and i and i think the number one question asked of us at the father's house by visitors aren't you afraid of burnout it's because that message has successfully been perpetrated that people burn out all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't expect to burn out. I believe the scripture that says you run and not grow weary. In the spirit, you run and don't grow weary. You walk, you don't faint. You mount up with wings like eagles. Mm-hmm. You wait upon the Lord in your running, in your flying, in your, in your, in your zeal. You wait upon the Lord in your heart. And you never run out of gas. You are hooked up to the refueling station all the time. And I, I, I'm just shocked that's always the question. Why, are yeah. you, why do you start your journey worried about black, uh, burnout? Start your journey expecting to pour yourself out and burnout. I, I expect. I started this journey expecting I'm just going to give it all. I'm only mm-hmm. 18 years old and I'll just give it all. And if 18 is all I get, that's all I get. But uh, it just keeps getting poured back into me. Yeah. You cannot fill a cup that is already full. So if you just keep pouring it out for him, and it's just really the motive is everything. I love him. He's real. He didn't reject me, and he should have. Hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, people think that's not a, just a statement. He should have rejected me. Like I do not, I do not belong in a holiness movement. Yeah, I am not a holiness person. He accepted me into his holiness. Like, whoa, everyone else. I mean, I had been rejected so much and I was so angry. And I, but when I met him, it was like, I'm not angry. You didn't reject me. Mm. You accepted me immediately. Like 24 hours, he's using me. People are falling down all around me, getting saved like crazy. You're using me. How do you do that? I, I was actually leading people to Jesus cussing like a truck driver (laughs) and I kept marveling at it. 
And then he told me to quit cussing, and I stopped cussing. It, it's like the most amazing thing that there is no point where anything's happened. But I've seen so many fall aside. And it's because they have an expectation starting out that this is to get the gold. And it's not to get the gold. If you don't give to give, then whatever you receive won't be God's reward. If you give so that you can receive, even though it says given you shall receive, there should be an expectation that God is real. I can go ahead and give because he'll take care of me. It's Those verses are about forgiveness. Saying what you really need is forgiveness, you should give forgiveness. Hmm. What you really need is non, not to be judged, so give non-judgment. Yeah. And then that's what those are about, but they do work with everything. So if I give to receive, I mean, that's the wrong motive. My giving will slow down. My giving will become selective. My giving will become non-Jesus. When you don't receive what you expect to receive going right. in. And yeah, it isn't always going to work out that way because my expectation is going to be wrong and the truth is going to prevail. But if I give for the purpose of giving, not the purpose of receiving, if I just give, if I serve to receive nothing in return, but just serve. It is phenomenal how much you receive in return. Mm -hmm. It is phenomenal how, what comes your way. Faith that grows, energy that grows, time that expands, the ability continues, and it's all for the love of Jesus. I believe God loves me. I believe God loves me because of Jesus dying on the cross. I have more evidence that piles on top of that, but which is, he tells me, mm -hmm. I feel him. But let's just say people don't have that. It still boils down to, I took off running because Jesus died on a cross. Because he proved, he came to me and I knew he was real. I felt him and said, oh, then the cross is real too. Then the resurrection is real too. The forgiveness of sins, your blood for the, your blood washing me clean is true too. Mm. And that's it. Take off running. That's it. That's all I need. And I started running and maybe I would have burnt out if, if he hadn't refueled me. But I didn't run to get refueled. I ran to run for him. Yeah. You did not reject me. You saved me. You forgave me. I love you. Yeah. You. I've heard you say that he, he would never have had to do or prove anything else to you besides that one, one revelation that he was real. And, and yet... Uh, so any, anything else on top of that is just like a cherry on, on the cake, right? It's all cherries, man. I got a bowl full. <laughs> you know, and I have bad things happen to me. But it, it he isn't just good if I get everything I ask for. Mm -hmm. He isn't just good if he does only what I tell him to do. He isn't my butler. He isn't my servant. He isn't, you know, uh, he isn't the dad that I have wrapped around my finger. Yeah. I'm not his little baby girl like your girls have you wrapped around their finger. <laughs> yeah. My little granddaughters have me manipulated up, uh, I mean, from the jump, from right now. They have me, they know exactly how to play me. Mm. Uh, I don't have him played, nor would I even try to play him. And I don't, I am not disappointed in, in him because my house burned down, because my granddaughter died, because my the economy crashed, or any of the, the things, that, or my son was born yeah. down syndrome, I, I'm not disappointed in him. 
I am just elated that every human has those kind of things happen to them. And very few humans get to do it with the kind of peace and joy that I get to do it with. Mm-hmm. I get to see every bad thing that ever happened in my life and see the benefits of it. Whereas I work with people every day. We have homeless people all around us that are wounded by horrors that happened to them in life. They did not respond correctly. They did not look to God for their mercy or for their grace. Because I knew he was real. I said, well, if he's real, we should follow him, shouldn't we? And if we didn't, then maybe what he says is true too, and that's not going to work out. Hmm. So why even consider running because bad things happen? Why consider, you know, um, not continuing your Christianity because things weren't just like you wanted them to, or you didn't like the outcome? What has that got to do with anything? And so I just, I have one thing. He's real. Hmm. If he's real and what he said is true, if, that, if that's true too, then I should probably just do what he says. Trust him. Count on him. And what David said, if you slay me, I'll still love you. I, I feel that exact. I feel exactly like that. If following you cost me my life. I one time asked him, I went, I, I went into a crash. I went into the crash with the economy. And I had heavily invested in this apartment complex just before the crash. I asked the Lord, and I felt strongly that he was telling me, uh, go, go invest in apartments. So I was building all single-family houses, and I went to build this apartment complex, and it destroyed me when the economy crashed. Mm-hmm. Everything I had, including my home, was all tied up in this thing, and when it crashed, I lost it, except the debt on my home and all the other debt. And I was sitting in a heap realizing I had lost like like a lot. Yeah. I had lost a lot. Yeah. It was numbers, staggering numbers. Many numbers. Oh, many, many <laughs> numbers. Yeah. Yeah, way too many numbers in that equation. So I kind of like uh, just in dismay, not not judgment of any kind. I just, I, I, I was ready to blame me. How did I miss you? Yeah. I must have missed your signs. And I said... I could have swore. I, I believed. I believed wholeheartedly. I was following you right into this trap. And I never been so shocked as when I felt the Lord say to me, "You did." Hmm. I what, what? What? You led me here. Why? And and I just knew. He didn't say, but I knew. It's going to be a heck of a journey. Yeah. And I can't tell you the incredible testimonies of that journey. There was no way the Father's House could survive. I was the sole beneficiary beneficiary of the Father's House. All the people working here, they're living in all these houses. There was no way I would be able to keep them. Mm-hmm. We would all be on the street. Every building here except the ones the church owns would be gone. And they're not. Yep. They're <laughs> the miracle, miracle upon miracle that's occurred since that day is like it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. It's just to say, I did follow you into this. For what? That you and, and if I could put words to the feeling he gave me, it's so that you could learn to trust me more. Hmm. You're going to need to trust me in the days to come. And I got to tell you, I have needed to trust him in the days to come. So that was a step up. That was one of those... That was one of those Promotions. watershed. It was a promotion. Yeah. Is that what you said? You got promoted. I got promoted by crashing my whole company... All those phenomenal foremen and wonderful employees that I had for all those years, 
they all had to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. The office, the the whole complex I built in in a in a construction company, and it was just so for the people, for the employees, it all disappeared, and that was a promotion. And it was like my faith is so far greater. I don't know that I could have even handled Avalyn's sickness, let alone her passing. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the ability to see the miracles of his financial dealings. I have lived with little or nothing in the bank since then. That's 10 years. It was 10 years in August. And uh, I I have lived with almost nothing in the bank. And yet if you, an outsider, came to my house to that wedding, the one that burnt down, yeah, <laughs> and saw, you thought I was pretty wealthy doing really yeah, well. Yeah, it's a nice house. Yeah, and at that time, I was, that truck was fairly new. Yeah. And today I have a newer truck, and it's like you look at my life, and it's just a blessing. And, mm-hmm. But I can really promise you there's no bank account with any amount of money in it. Well, that's what you say. I When I look at your life, I see a full cup. Yeah. But I also see the cup emptying itself all the time. All the time. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just that streams of streams of living water, right? And I think that's what was, I guess, that drew us here was a lot of people living in that sort of way. That's right. And the thing that we're trying to understand is, okay, this is this is how you can live, right? You can yeah. not just how you can live, but really, it really lines up with what Jesus says in his in in the Gospels of how you should live. Um, I was reading this morning the, and I'm I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember exactly how it's written, but it's the, uh, which of you has a servant who goes out to the field, or comes in from the field, and, and you ask him to put dinner together, and he's like, oh, I'm tired. No, the servant comes in from the field and doesn't eat right away. He serves you food, and then when you, uh, you don't have to, like the servant's not asking for a thank you. They say, well, what could we have done differently? We were doing as we were commanded. It's our pleasure to serve. And uh, and that one sort of hit me because I don't think that's that's not a teaching in, in today's world, right? No. It's a pleasure to serve. And um, I'm not there. I want to be there because I want to have that peace from, that peace from, yeah, this is, this is my pleasure to serve. And, and I lay my life down willingly. Because that's what I'm seeing as as one of the keys to actual contentment, right? Like, yeah. I think we expect in Christianity to have, so by just by saying I'm on Team Jesus, yeah. I'm gonna get the joy unspeakable. I'm gonna get the peace that passes understanding. I'm gonna get the streams of living water. And if we don't do it without making choices, like it, it just doesn't come, right? If we're not actually making choices, sometimes. So what we're describing is the house built on the rock, right? This is the life built on a foundation of stone. And the stone is clearly is clearly the truth that Jesus taught. And the foundation on the stone is clearly acting upon those truths. And so there are these foundational principles. I talked about a girl being raped, has a hard time, you know, really overcoming, b- abused, people who are beaten as children. Mm-hmm. Um people who are adopted as children, people, there's so many, but there's also one really big one that I think is probably the hardest, and that is religion. Hmm. Religion that is lived without a demonstration of truth, a demonstration of real. Like, if your children can't see you living in hardship, 
with joy, in adversity, with faith, in, in, you know, like uh, interpersonal relational problems with love. If they can't see those things happening, then they're not seeing real. Mm-hmm. And they grow up with a very religious response to belief. And I think more than anything, that probably keeps people hearing the voice I'm speaking with today, this excitement, hearing what you say about my Christian faith, and that, you know, I'm saying it just, I never have a backwards move. I never have a thought to quit on God, mm-hmm. to quit loving him. The circum- No matter what circumstance arrives, it's just this world. And he didn't, he, he didn't do it to me. And so I think patience and acting upon the words of Jesus is the act of building a house. And I know that you don't build a house overnight. Mm-hmm. It's process by process. I remember doing my foundation after the fire and I got these guys that don't even know. I mean, I send them for a hammer and they bring me a wrench. I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I say, you're going to need a hammer for this. They're over in that box and they come back with a drill dead serious. This is not an exaggeration. I'm not going to name names cause they're still around here, but yeah. it was that bad and all day long. But I would also try to explain to them, what are we doing? What are we building? And I said, I'm building batters for these 10 foot walls on the side of a hill and to make sure with our level of skill on this job, I need to make some, you know, do some things that are sure. Mm-hmm. But though you'll see when we're done, you'll say, aha, that's why you built these tall towers of, of batter boards to run strings to confirm every measurement. You know? mm-hmm. And so it's just dirt with strings in the air and these towers that look like the orcs towers when they're attacking yeah. the siege of the city. They look yeah. like those towers they roll. It looked just like that anyway. And uh, so when I'm trying to describe the next process, well, what's this? What do you do? How do you build a house on this wall? Then what? Okay, I see the foundation. Now what are we doing? Well, this is the floor, you know, and and each process, like why is this wall different than that wall? Well, when the trusses come, you'll see that. Mm -hmm. And then you start to get the shape and then you start to get the, you know, the next thing built upon the next thing. You can't do that. Why? Because a pipe has to go through here for the toilet. So you got to move this. You know, and it's rigid. It can't go around it. And um, so this cause and effect, this built uh, one thing built upon another is very much like the life we live with Jesus Christ. And everybody, if you're not feeling it, if you're not, if you're struggling with this, why do some people just stay on fire their whole life? And um, it's because they put their faith out on the edge. They put their life out on the edge. They they test the Lord's truth they run they don't go weary because they didn't run for themselves they didn't run to be replenished they didn't pour out to be refilled they poured out to be poured out Hmm. they ran to run they gave to give they laid down their life to forfeit their life they they surrendered and quit their job that made millions to serve him not so that he would give him something worth billions but they did it to give up the millions for him. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone you meet like me that stood the test of time, anybody can burn like a brand new Christian. Yeah. But anybody who has been doing this in mind, you know, anywhere near 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, you can bet they ran to run. They did not do it. 
Unless they did get the billions, you know, unless they yeah. did put the thousands to get the millions yeah. and put the millions to get the billions. Now, those guys, sometimes they show a great deal of enthusiasm, but, but they've received their reward. You yeah. know? And I don't get to choose that. That's not my place. Mm-hmm. But for those of us in the everyday, those of us in the normal everyday living to the next paycheck, trusting the Lord for the next, the next deal, we have to come to the conclusion that we give to give. We lay down to lay down. We, we die to die. We die to ourselves, not so that he will pick us up and make it, and it'll all be prince. Uh, someday our prince will come. No, we lay down our life to lay down our life for, mm. so that our brother might live because that's what he did for me. Yeah. And so I'm not running very well anymore. I'm old, and it's hard for me to get in the back of my truck. But I don't regret it. I ran my rear off. For lots of reasons, but first and foremost was because I love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give up the youth ministry? This is getting too hard. I can't do that. I love the Lord. Yeah. Till one day he took it away from me. And then I said, you know, <laughs> I hope I can have another ministry one day, but today I'm just going to do what I got. I got a little money. I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. And I started giving money away. Yeah. So you do the next thing, but always do it for Jesus. And I think you'll have a re- un, an unquenching fire. You won't be able to put it out. Mm. Or you could, but no one else could. Yeah. Well, I hope I answered any questions. or I think No, I, I think it did. And I think that's going to, as we were saying, that, that sort of heaviness that's around the holiday season, I think that's necessary because we, uh, the world's looking to us. This is kind of... It's called Christmas, right? And uh, and I think reminding reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done for each of us. Uh, I know that Christmas is about His birth, but you can't think about His birth without knowing who He who He becomes and and what He's done. And so, like, it's our time to shine, right? And I I know that I'm feeling that weight, and I wanna I wanna I I just need a little bit of inspiration and. Uh, I would love I would love the Lord to say to me in 40 years, well done, good and faithful servant, right? Yeah. And um yeah, and so I, I know there's a lot of people that's why we do this podcast cuz I th- I think there's a lot of people who think like I do. Yeah. And uh and I'm the one who gets to be here and gets to hang out with you and listen to you, so I'm yeah. going to share that with others. So let's just talk about the podcast, what is success? In my opinion, spending an hour with you Sharing these things, looking eyeball to eyeball with you, is success. Hmm. It's a great success that has a great worth. How many people in your life will be affected by me sitting here talking to you? I hope uh, hope a lot. Well, I don't get to choose that. Right. (laughs) And what would be my motive for that? Because I love him, and Mm -hmm. he loves you. And if I help you, he's going to accept that as my love for him. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I really appreciate it, and um, and I really hope that, yeah, I really hope that we can make decisions even today that that are going to help us to follow him even more, to to yep. follow him with the right motivation, and to give our lives away this Christmas. I know three little girls and a woman named Sharia that are going to be greatly right. benefited by me pouring into you. Yeah, because I know I know the way. Come follow me, man. Let's walk together. I'll right. show you the way, man. Let's go together to the mountain of the Lord. Let's go together to the mountain of the Lord. Further up and farther in. That's right. Let's see what's possible in this world to him who believes. 
Let's All just right. go see. How about that? Let's just go look. Yeah. What's the worst Let's that go could find happen? out. We could end up losing our life for his sake and finding it. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Let's I, go. I want to go where you're going. We're going to end Let's right go. now, and I'm going to go head out right. with Steve. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. God bless you all. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Uncommon Truth. If you can't tell, it's pretty hard to keep a smile off your face when you're hanging out with Steve. Before the show, we were talking about how the podcast is doing as far as how many people listen. And we got quite a few in in dozens of different countries. But I can't help but think that it should be doing a little bit better. And and, uh, maybe if you share it with a friend, you can do that. But really, he wanted to tell me, and he did so at the end there, about, hey, you know, the podcast would be a success, even if it was just you and I sitting down and having a conversation for an hour every week. And I really appreciate that. Of course, I hope you find it as thought-provoking and challenging and, and useful as I did. And if you do, I hope you would take some time to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. That just bumps us up the podcasting charts so more people can get a hold of the show and listen to conversations about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. I've also put in a link down at the bottom of the show where you can share the podcast with a friend. It's really easy. Just click on the link, send it to them in a text or an email, and it will take them to the correct platform for them to listen no matter what their device. As promised, you can also get a hold of me. I've put my email down in the show notes, so just scroll down. You can send me a message telling me what you think about the show. If you've got a comment about a past episode or something you'd like to hear in a future one, I'd love to hear about it, and I'll give you a shout-out on the air. If you're looking for more content between now and the next episode, you can find our sermons on YouTube and some of our social media where you can get involved with some of the other things that happen here around the Uncommon Truth. But until next week, this is Max, and this has been The Uncommon Truth. Thanks for listening.